0: Welcome
1: everybody to the One to Go Show presented by Dirt Track Supply. It is Bert Lehman in the white t-shirt. It is Ryan Hale <laughs> in the blue t-shirt. It is Puka in the black t-shirt. Welcome everybody. Right now, smash that like button. We'd appreciate that. Please subscribe. Gentlemen, welcome to episode 134.
2: Thanks a lot. I tell you what, lots of racing going on. I mean, summer's finally here. Did it feel like spring just never came? It went like from winter. To like the tropical rainy season to like all of a sudden summers here just it's just like just like that and uh so now we finally get some racing so we'll get into this a little bit later i got a question on this but we go from canceling for rain and snow and cold now we're canceling because it's too nice so i i just don't get it. i i don't understand i do get it but i don't get it we'll talk more about that in a bit but uh bert yep. i know you went to some races this week puka um, did you go anywhere this week? No, uh, chasing a wedding. Chasing a wedding. All right, you're playing Kyle Larson on us. All right, and of course, episode. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's young money. He's he, you're old money. He's young, money, right? You're old money. We tell you old money. That's Puka right there. So episode one thirty four, of course, Puka brought
1: to you by, yeah, Dirt Track Supply. And I heard uh, our buddy over there another good run
2: uh, with the Tri State Series. Yeah, Trevor's been running well. I mean, he's padding the point lead. He's got he got second again. Uh, we're going to pretty soon, if he doesn't start transitioning those seconds in the first, we're going to maybe have to get him a bridesmaid's dress, maybe get him in that. I don't really know, but uh, he's running good. It's good to see him up front in the points battle there, kind of padding that a little bit, kind of gained a little bit more there with that second place finish. Um, but of course, yeah, you said your track supply, you know, those guys, they, they've helped so many racers out there, whether you need parts or safety equipment or tires or something fixed. I know a lot of people that don't even get necessarily cars from them, but they tear something up and boom, they run over there. Ron takes care of it. Re, you know, he can rebuild anything. He's about a magician when it comes to fixing stuff out there. So uh, that's, I mean, they're the go-to, especially in that area, multiple tracks with dirt track supply. Huge, huge thanks to those guys.
1: Awesome. Yes, for sure. All right. So we're gonna get into Bert with some uh, what you attended. Is that where we want to start?
2: Yeah, Bert's the only one that actually went to a race this week. The rest of us kind of sat on the couch in the air conditioning. So Bert, uh, how I know you went to Shano, did you? you? go anywhere else?
0: No, I just went to Shano. Um, I did watch uh, uh Clash at the Creek at 141 on flow racing, but Shawn was the only one that I attended in person. Um and uh It was a really cool night. Hall of Fame night at Channel Speedway is always uh, a fun night. Uh, I saw a lot of people there that I haven't seen there in probably like 20 years (laughs) because you you get the fans of the two drivers who get inducted into the Hall of Fame uh, to show up. You know, they stop attending races when these drivers retired. And now, you know, they came back for this one race and it's always really cool. But uh, Doug Blaschie, who raced the late models for. Well, he he said his racing career lasted 40 years. So uh, he raced a long time. And uh, and then also uh, Brad Roloff uh, was inducted into the Shano Speedway Hall of Fame. Uh, He's more uh, recognizable in this area for racing modifieds, but he also raced late models and then IMCA stock cars at the end of his career. He's actually, at Shano Speedway, he's won features in three different divisions. modified late models and stock cars so uh so
2: so i'm gonna pause right there so basically what you said is brad roloff i mean he was in a mod he was in a late right and then and then he just progressively moved up the ranks ended in a straight stock or imca stock car which i think that's way more entertaining than late models anyway (laughs) so i mean there's your transition just kind of moving up the ranks there. (laughs) And uh, usually you see them old guys go late model. I call the the late models the old guy race, but there's a lot of new blood in that late model class. So maybe that's not the norm anymore. But uh,
0: what else happened? Well, I just want to mention, and it was cool because Lance Arneson, who races in the IMCA Modified Division right now, uh, put all new sheet metal on his race car with the graphics of Brad Roloff from one of the years that he raced. So it was really cool to see the 03 uh, out on the racetrack again, uh, Brad Roloff did drive the car around during the national anthem. So that, that was, that was cool. Also,
2: they, they seem to do that fairly often over there. Don't they, didn't they do that with the number seven last year too? They had, yes. a, um... yeah.
0: When, when Ed Bertram was inducted into the hall of fame, uh, Brett Swedberg, uh, put, uh, he only put it on the right side of his car, but yeah, he, uh, uh did the graphic scheme from an early 80s car that ed bertram owned last year almost every year a driver will do that for one of the drivers that is inducted into the hall of fame and that's uh to me that i love vintage stuff so it's always really cool to me
2: (laughs) i i agree i think that's super cool um what what happened to racing action? i noticed uh we all watched the master's but several, right, several of the late model guys that normally run there, you know, Todd, Frank, uh, the the seven car, um, Bennett. Bill Bennett. Yep, yeah, Bennett. Um, Justin Ritchie, who's more of a Plymouth guy. Of course, Nick Hanblink. They were all over at the Masters. It was kind of cool to see some of the eastern Wisconsin guys coming over. So who did that leave over at the Shano Speedway in late model action?
0: Um, well, there were, I think there's around four, 13 or 14 late models there. Um there was a couple of new ones there that uh, haven't raced at Shawnee yet this year. Uh, well also, uh, Troy Springborn was missing. Uh, he's dealing with some things that I, I don't know all the details, but, uh, he wasn't racing. And, um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the regulars weren't there, but, uh, it was, it was still pretty good racing. Uh, Ron Berna and Brett Swedberg had a really good battle going on in the heat race. And, uh, Uh, Brett was probably the fastest car but just because you're the fastest car doesn't mean that you're going to win the race and uh, he probably tried to put it somewhere where he shouldn't have put it and wound up spinning out and slamming into the wall in turn one. Um, I sent you the video so you know maybe you can put that up on on here for the fans. Um, tell you, you make the call we'll do that you <laughs> make the
2: call. Bert, Bert's gonna pause on that and he's gonna say you make the call I'm not sure what happened there you make the call and we'll be um doing it, for a it,
0: it took uh, two wreckers to get Swedberg off well they pulled him into the infield with one wrecker but then to because he parks on the outside of the track to get him to the outside of the track they used two wreckers to uh, get him out there because he had damage in the rear end and in the front so uh uh, but his crew thrashed on it, uh, got him back out in time for the feature and he was definitely the fastest car, took the lead. Uh, I would say probably in the first half of the race and just never looked back. I mean, he was definitely by far the class of the field. Um, but there was a incident on the front stretch between, uh, um, Verdant and Luke Postel. uh. Redant was on the outside of him coming out of four. And I don't think Luke saw, knew he was there and they made contact and Luke's front end of the car hit the wall. And then the back end hit the, I mean, his car was actually side, a little bit sideways when he hit the wall. And then the back end hit the wall, which kind of ricocheted him back out. I thought he was going to crash in front of the whole field and um he straightened it out and just kept on going
2: <laughs> he, he texted me he said he did it on purpose so, no, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
0: and uh so i mean everybody i talked to after the races they just they they couldn't believe that he was able to pull that out and and not crash in front of the field so uh uh it, it was good racing and uh we're going to get into this a little bit later, but, uh, Johnny Whitman made an appearance that he usually races at Channel Speedway on nights when one doesn't race. And that was the case on Saturday and, uh, him and Mike Mullen, uh, battled in the IMC modified feature and, uh, Whitman came out on hit he- ahead to win the feature, uh, to add to his winnings on the week.
2: Yeah, he, he had a pretty good week. We'll talk more about <laughs> that in just a second here. So so you made it over to Shano. Always good to make it over to the high flying half mile, Puka. You and I are gonna to have to make it there at some point, right? I've, I've never been. I've been to the track in Shano. I've heard a lot about it. There's so much history there, but I've never actually saw a race live. Well, in- well
0: you know? you're you're a big modified guy, so maybe I don't have the exact date. It's in July. Um, five thousand to win modified show with a twenty five hundred to win stock car show. Okay. together on the same night
2: <laughs> well i'm gonna knock on wood here maybe i won't be on the road maybe i'll be able to be home and make a trip up there we'll have to see what uh falls into place once we know the schedule there so what do you see if we get into the next segment here we going to talk about
0: next oh one uh, more thing i just want oh, to mention that uh brad miller won the feature at uh, plymouth third track in the late model division okay okay I'm, had, guess, I'm guessing I schmidt, think... i'm gonna guess a schmidt
2: was second
0: I I don't remember who was second. They had like eleven cars there, eleven late. Three of them are Smiths,
2: right? They got (laughs) they got a whole bunch of them. So I'm guessing
0: (laughs) pretty good odds. They're always up front
2: there. So good good run for Brad Miller. Good to see that. So uh, Puka, yeah
1: yeah. Let's dive into the top five moments of the week here. Brought to you by a friend, Brad Parsons. Ryan.
2: Yeah, Brad Parsons. We got to get this dude out on the racetrack. He's texting me. He goes, "I'm about ready. I think I'm gonna make a trip up north." Dude, like seriously, just get your car out on the racetrack. I'm not really sure what to say, but farmers, I hopefully by now you got all your stuff in the ground. But get a hold of Brad. I mean, he's got solutions for all times of the year, you know, and he can help all all throughout the country, you know. But I think uh, his region is North and South Dakota, Western Minnesota. He'll take good care of you. He has the products that you need to help you increase your yields, increase productivity, increase profitability, which we all like money. So get a hold of Brad Parsons for racers, buy racers. He's got what you need. Um, get a hold of him and he'll take good care of you. So, number five in Puka, I think you've maybe just finally watched this. It's Hell Tour has started this past weekend. And there's there's racing almost every night for the Hell Tour. So we're not going to touch on every race, but my goodness, number five, probably the most entertaining race of the weekend was Fairbury. I mean. Half the guys we know, let's be honest, right? I'm going to pick on Jody Belphi and a couple of them. They would never even unload the car. There's no way. They'd go there. They'd love it. They'd be like, this is awesome. I'll watch. But there's no way that Jody Belphi would unload his car. Um, but the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce, in the heat race, had electrical issues. I'm not sure what happened. He said, I'm not an electrician. He changed about everything. Had to come through the B, started 22nd, and carved his way all the way up to 2nd. On the high side, it was absolutely impressive lockdown late in the race but Chris Simpson held him off I mean Pierce was there had a couple of challenge you know shots at him got kind of to him in lap traffic but he never quite had a, a good enough run to get by Chris Simpson which I'll be honest I'm, I'm pretty impressed Chris Simpson not a guy that I'm used to seeing run up front at like hell tour races and I think he had a parable but that race at Fairbury if you haven't watched it um, jump on to Dirt Vision if you don't have it. I believe it might be on Dirt on Dirt as well. That place never disappoints. 22nd second to 2nd, second, I don't care who you are. That, that's getting after it. Number four, and I had several people text me this one, guys. Kyle Kopp wins the Superstock feature at the Gondik Law Speedway in what might have been a Race of the Year candidate. Um, Nick Oreskovich got out to the early lead in this one. I'm not sure what happened. He exit stage, right? He broke, pulled off, didn't bring out a yellow when he did it. I don't think, um, but there was a hell of a race between Taron Spacek, Andy Gramala, Kyle Kopp, and Scott Lawrence got up in the mix. You literally had no idea who's going to win. I think Spacek led probably five times. Taron, you got to learn how to do it. restarts, buddy. Come on. You're killing me. Like he should have won that race. But Kyle Kopp, the second-generation driver, very impressive in the 26th. Hell of a race over at the gondek Speedway. You can check that out on Dirt Race Central. Number three, Christmas comes early for Dale Ames at the Brown County Speedway. Guys, the first thing I'm going to say is, Terry Maltz, thank you for finally, finally, finally getting um, um streaming at the Brown County Speedway. They were dead set against it. So that's on Dirt Race Central as well. The last two weeks, and I don't know if it's going to be all their specials. I'm not sure, but the last two weeks out there, and, and highly entertaining, the track was excellent. Top, bottom, they're moving all over the place. But it was 1,500 a win for the Modifieds out there. So they had a Modified Special, and it got interesting. So Dale Ames was leading, and he was running very strong. He won the last two. He won two of them last week. So he's going on three in a row here, right? comes down the back straightaway and and you'll see in the video clip here he gets together with Joseph Thomas gets off the end of the back straightaway and he goes straight backwards to fourth or whatever it's like okay well that's over because then when them two did that who went by him Tyler Peterson and Mike Stearns well chances are Tyler Peterson and Mike Stearns go by you sorry probably over well they made it all the way into the next corner contact was made and this is a flat out you make the call okay stearns and, TPO. stearns and tpo next thing you know stearns is facing the other way coming out of turn four or he started to face the other way saved it but they also stacked up behind them brought all the yellow right i'm not going to give my opinion but stevie wonder texted me said it was a wrong call okay stevie wonder <laughs> ray charles he texted me said stevie wonder's absolutely right And I'm like, okay, well, if them two saw it, I'm not really sure what to say. You watch it on the video here. I I think it probably went the wrong way. Let's just put it that way. Um, Maybe a donkey award to that corner guy, maybe, right? But the fact of the matter is when all that happened, Dale Ames got the lead back and he drove away hell of a run for the sixth three in a row. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him later. He's just been on a tear in that MD Custom. So great run for Dale Ames. Probably his biggest win of his career in a modified. Number two, Bert,
0: I'm going to let you take this one. Uh, <clears throat> Johnny the Hitman Whitman uh, won his second straight uh, clash at the creek at 141 Speedway. Uh, uh, well, normally it's ten thousand to win, but uh, somebody threw in some extra money, so it was actually ten thousand five hundred dollars to win. Uh, so uh, Whitman, it, he's won multiple track champions at championships at one forty one Speedway in the modified division, and in it's always been his goal to win this race, and he's always been snake bitten. Something always happens, and then last year he finally broke through for the win, and he. Did it again this year and uh um do you want me to talk about it here or are we going to talk about it later okay uh jared Seifert, uh, a name that's recognizable because he's raised late models the last few years uh led the first 38 laps and there were several re- restarts and whitman tried his best to get by on the restarts but i think all the restarts were beneficial for him because he was able to gauge how hard he could drive it into the corner. And on that last when on the restart when he took the lead, he drove it in hard on the outside. It stuck. And then he just he never looked back from from there. And uh so Seifert wound up finishing second. And I think um uh, Mike Mullen was was third. And uh Jesse Glens did make the feature uh but he retired early from the from the race and I think he finished 24th. But uh um you know the, I have to say a few words about the, you know, the event is normally a two night event. Uh, But on, on Wednesday, when the qualifying night, they normally run double heat races and then passing points, top 10 and passing points qualify. But there were severe storms predicted all day. And uh, they started rolling through the state around uh, four, you know, getting into our area between four and six o'clock. And 141 was still planning on racing and I mean I'm looking (laughs) I looked at the radar and it was just red from like north to south and uh apparently um the county sheriff's department told them to vacate because there's storms coming and uh there was actually five confirmed tornadoes throughout different areas of Wisconsin so I mean this this severe weather weather wasn't anything to uh, mess around with. Uh, I don't think they got very severe weather at 141 Speedway as it turned out, but you have to take those precautions. You can't put the fans in that situation and not just being at the track, but then driving to and from the track and that sort of thing. Um, But uh, I guess track management had talked about cutting the purse, running a one day show And, well, obviously, the drivers didn't like that idea. And so, actually, they kept the purse the same, but they only ran a one-day show. And um, I wrote down the admission prices. So, on Thursday, uh, to get into the grandstand was $20 and $30 for a pit pass. So, they didn't raise their prices at all either. So, uh, I mean, you got to give a hats off to 141 Speedway for you know, they could have jacked up those prices and say, Hey, it's, it's a two day, you know, this would normally be a two day show and just double everything, but, but they didn't. So, um, you know, hats off to them for that.
2: Yeah, that is pretty cool. Hopefully they didn't take a bath financially. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they did well, cause that is a hell of a show. First, that one is on flow racing. Um, so if you missed that feature, it was definitely worth watching the street. The stock car feature was good as well.
0: Yeah. And of course, noting that uh you know benji lacrosse you know who won a ton of money last year won this event twice in the past didn't qualify for the modified feature he crashed during a b main uh but he did win the, the i say stock car feature that night so and i they didn't do the double heat format since it was all running one day it was draw redraw and uh after seeing both versions uh running the double heat races is <laughs> definitely better in my opinion <laughs> i like i thought i
2: just watched the features a lot of times and i thought the track was good i'm always nervous about running too many races because right. locked
0: down despite,
2: oh yeah you know you couldn't run the
0: you du- couldn't run the double heats in uh Same in day. one night no yeah that would have been too much correct they did, they did the best that they could with what they had to work with
2: for sure and like you said hats off for still paying that um and number one Pook is a late model guy we're all we all like late models so we're gonna go late models for this one how about nick panitzky getting his first career late model feature win at the cedar lake speedway on night one of the masters guys last year i'm like watching this 22 at first i'm like i don't even know who this guy is right i don't even know who it was and he was running up front and i'm like he's got car control like this guy really gets it like he understands it He's a converted asphalt guy, now, now a dirt late model guy in an MB Customs, which almost everybody is over there, right? But uh, highly impressive. And not only did he win, but he was throwing haymakers, right? Him and him and Pat Doerr were swapping sliders. I mean, he held off some really, really good cars, good car count over at Cedar Lake. Tough break for him, though. He uh he actually said in victory lane, "I like getting up on the high side and stretching those rods." I don't know if you heard that in his victory lane speech. (laughs) Well, he cracked a piston, and uh, so you know he didn't necessarily stretch the rod, but he had engine issues. Which, hopefully, it was only a cracked piston. It sounds like it's not catastrophic. Um, so he was not able to race on Friday and Saturday after winning the opening night, but he put on a hell of a show. You an eye on that 22. I have a feeling he ain't done winning. He's, he really gets around
1: that place. Good. So oh, yeah, I remember it was a legendary. I think we came on our radar. He got like second or third. I think one yeah. of them, was like, same things like, who is this guy? You know, and think about first, not, not just his first win, but on the big stage, I mean, race and dirt's filming the thing put, going out nationally. I mean, the, the crowd isn't as good on Thursday as it obviously is on Saturday, but still, still the masters. He can say he wanted the masters. So congratulations, Nick. That, that was huge. It was like a Cinderella story.
2: Yeah, and the car cone was great, right? I mean so you look at the car cone at that deal and so it's not like you was racing a, a 20 car field and if you if you're going hey I just want a 20 car feature, nothing wrong with that okay but this was like in the 40s for a car count. So when you win a feature when it, when there's that many cars, that's tough to do you know and to get your first one on that stage, that's just awesome. I, I really hope they get that into, back together soon. Let's stick with the masters. Let's uh, let's jump over to the recap because that was quite honestly in the area. That was the event, right? Speed event, they had the US mods, the USRA late models, which are LIMP D late models or whatever crate late models, whatever you want to call them, 604s. And then of course, they're not Wasoda late models, but they're kind of Wasoda late models, right? They you can run a little bit different with the restrictor, but it's about as close to a soda late model as you can get. Um what stuck out you, guys? Puka, you haven't talked much. so let's go ahead and start with you from the masters What stuck out and then uh you know maybe touch on your biggest surprise your biggest disappointment you know just overall what stuck out to you in a r- whole realm of things
1: well my first off, biggest surprise when i heard brett larson was hopping in for kevin eater on with I think that was friday right what'd you guys think of that I, I was i mean it's great but i was just like whoa like you know he raced where, where is he like you know and so we've talked about Larson, like his kid is racing. How's he doing it? Cause Larson's on the road all the time, but I thought that was interesting. And, you know, quite frankly, I can't even remember how he did. did he, I think he got second in the heat or was leading. He was leading. the
2: heat. Yeah. I think he got second in the heat. He was leading. And then I think Giassi kind of worked him over. I believe. Was it Giassi maybe that beat him in the heat or was it Chad made or one of them? guys?
1: I think it was Giassi. I think you're right. I think he, I think he tracked. Um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Shane Edgington coming to town. I don't know if Shane Edgington, if somebody out here knows or Shane himself, please comment. I don't know if Shane Edgington has he ever been to Cedar Lake? I know Scott really, but I don't
2: remember seeing him there.
1: Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And I thought, you know, if if indeed it was new for him, I thought he did pretty well in the weekend. Uh, You know, Jimmy Mars, obviously a big rebound weekend for him. You know, went about as bad as bad could be last weekend out in Eldora because it was the first day time, trials, right? When he smacked the wall. Yep. Yep. Okay. Did he ever come back? That was the weekend of my hockey tournament, so I didn't he, even watch.
2: Yeah, he did, he did, but I mean, being that he wrecked the time trials, he started back, <laughs> to, B, started back to the B, it just, it was a, it was a disaster. It's, he not, did come
0: back, just, but you you could say he didn't
2: come back. Right, right. <laughs> it's tough to rebound from that for sure. Yeah, and
1: then the last note I took was, how about Jordal Talickson, and that B feature on Friday? with the, the pass at the end there, that was pretty exciting. So uh, like you said, I was impressed with the car count there on the late model side, the late models is pretty much all I, I watched, but uh, I thought the car count was was pretty good. What was it, the 23rd Masters? You know, it's kind of like, it's been an event that I've been to several times. I remember when it was you know, World Dirt Racing League. I remember when sprints were a part of it. I remember, you know, when, when they brought in the uh, the MTS mods. I remember when it was a kickoff for the Hell Tour. You know, ten years ago, I think it, it started. It was a, you know, so I've I've seen this event evolve, and I guess I'm just I'm glad it's still going. So, Bert, you wanna you wanna take her from there?
0: Sure, I'll I'll just make a few comments. I didn't see any of the action, but uh, um, I did. You know, we mentioned the Eastern Wisconsin drivers who made the trip over there it was good to see that Richie Avelink and Bennett all qualified for the feature on the last night. Um, I, and uh, I'm not sure how they did the other two nights. I know Nick finished in the top five, the second night, didn't he? That's what I had heard. Yep. And uh, so it, it's, it's not a victory like Ryan wants, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but I mean, top five and, you know, that tal- that caliber of competition, you know, that, that, uh, you know, it's good run for him. And, uh, you know, I think this is the second week in a row, lock of the week. I got the lock of the week right. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. I'm, I'm pissed about that. I have a theory. We're going to get to that right now. So
2: I'm going to jump in now a little bit on the Masters. So I know you guys are late model guys, but it's the USMPS mods, right? I mean, it's the, I mean, nothing against the Wasoda guys, UMP guys, which is Nick Hoffman and everybody else. IMCA, the USMTS mod field is unbelievable, right? So, I mean, that racing was great all by itself. Dustin Sorensen, he stays hot, right? He parked in Victory Lane on night number one. Minnesota guy, he's leading the USMTS points. Uh, Tanner Mullins kind of narrowed the gap. He's got a 59-point lead on Tanner Mullins. They don't race for like a month, the USMTS mods. Um, um, Clayton Wagon, he ran really well. Um, he kind of faded a little bit, but he was – I think he might have got fourth on night number two. Let me take a look here and see. Yeah, he did. So, night number two, Clayton Wegman, I believe that's a full-fledged with soda car, okay? So, you talk about you got Lethals and Mullins Chassis and Hughes Chassis. His father-in-law is Jay McDonald, okay? JMR Chassis. I mean, let's be honest, with a win-one B main, that's a JMR also. They ran, he's ran well. Had a rough weekend this weekend but this just goes to show you don't need to go all the way to freaking Charlotte to go get a race car, right? JMR is right here. He builds good hot rods. I don't know why more people don't have them. There was a time in Wasota modified racing where if you didn't have one, you were not going to win. It's just the way it is. Uh, late model action, a guy that uh, I was really, really happy to see there. Your reigning Wasota national champion, Cole Searing. He made the trip all the way over from South Dakota was there any other South Dakota drivers there or was he the only one? I don't remember seeing anybody else. Right. Cause I know that wards weren't there and McDonald's, I think they're still planting. I don't think they were that. I know they weren't there, you know, so Becker wasn't there. So he might've been the only one. And he remember, he got second on that, on the big show, 10,000 win. In, in fact, he tracked down Jimmy now, it latched right, and my guess is Jimmy just put it into like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a veteran, right? I'm not going to do anything stupid and get out of the rubber. So, my guess is he kind of throttled back a little bit, but Searing kind of got to him. And we both know that Cole Searing is not going to move Jimmy Mars out of the way, he will not answer his phone calls anymore. But he never really got close enough, but really happy to see him there. Um, so I, I would say that was my biggest surprise, the biggest thing I was happy with. One of my, if I had a disappointment on the week, guys, the, the, the marquee night, right? 10,000 to win on the final night, the biggest show, it, the track was terrible. It just was. I mean, I get it. It was hot, sunny, right? And all that three nights of racing, but it latched down early. It just was super uninspiring, especially the late model feature. So I got a question for both of you Would that event be better? If either A, they got rid of a class, right? Just get rid of the USRA late models. Nothing against them, but there's just too much racing on the track. Or B, just go to two days instead of three. What's your thoughts?
0: Good. Well, I have a. Did they farm the track before the features of final night? Kind of, but not really. I mean, they just kind of it just a little bit. Not that wasn't
2: like a full fledged farming like okay. the US Nationals where it's got some moisture in it. Um, it was kind of a, they scraped it a little bit, but it didn't do nothing. The late model featured it. They watered it,
0: but they might as well not have done it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, it, it, it's tough. I mean, if you when you think of Cedar Lake, what event do you think of as being their premier event? USA the opener. Huh? <laughs> Bus
2: races. USA Nationals. USA
0: Nationals. That's a three-night event. So maybe the Masters should be a two-night event. You know, so you're not infringing on the marquee event of your track. Uh, I mean, I don't know what if they make money on opening night or or what the deal is. I don't,
2: I don't think they made much, right? I mean, I looked at the crowd and. You know, Saturday was pretty decent. It's hard to tell because the place is so big. they got so much seating there. It's not like, I mean, if you took the whole crowd they had there and put it in a typical grandstands, it would have been jam-packed, right? Because most tracks only have a front straightaway. They're there all the way around. But Thursday night was empty. There there was not. I mean, it looked really empty on Thursday. So even Saturday,
1: the parking spots on the track and corners three and four, it was about every other.
2: Yeah yeah it wasn't a usa Nationals by any stretch of the imagination but thursday I and mean, if it were me which it's not you know what someday if i have my own racetrack i get to make these decisions right right now i just get to talk about it on the show if it were me i'd just scrap the whole thursday deal altogether together because i mean the fans obviously did not show up the cars were there but then the tracks all wore out by saturday just go to a five grand the first day 10 grand the second day call it a day that's my thoughts
1: well the one the one issue i've had with the show so i was there two years ago i believe not last year so it must have been the COVID year they had it and and hey nothing against us mts mods per se but they get a
2: lot of how many mods did they have they had over 50 i know that let's see on on thursday they had 56 on friday they had Ah. 55 so
1: it gets, yeah. and it got 40 late models. That's a lot of racing. You know, you, you're like, like Bert said, you know, I'm, I'm used to going to the nationals where it's two classes, but you know, the Wizzota side lately, they've, they're lucky if they hit 30, they'll do three quick heat races. They'll do one B main. They treat them like they're the support class, you know, you know, where the USES, USMTS come to town, there's pros, they got certain ways they do things. And I just noticed that it, it would get a little long. So, I think I have to agree with you, Ryan. If they kind of cut things down a little bit, the USAMTS is going to bring fifty-five, and you said there's forty late models. you got hundred
2: cars. That's probably enough. I think so too. I, I agree. So we'll see what they do next year. Overall, it was a you know a good event. I, I love to see that many cars attending it. I think we're in a day right now where it's tough to fill the grandstands. I mean, hopefully that changes, but it was uh, it was not they've always struggled though right with the masters no matter what they've had it's just never had that huge problem
1: oh uh, I was- I for a fact that when the cooks ran it that they never made money on it you know so and the coffins have had it a lot longer than the cooks because the right. cooks will probably only ran it for five six years so and of course like i said you could see that the changes like i said i remember it was wdRL remember when they had the i don't i don't think it was the i maybe it was the ira experience. it was the local the usms whatever you know as a you know it was a sprint deal and then like i said i remember hell tour was a part of it and then it was then they brought the, the usmts probably been but six seven years maybe Something you know like so they that. have tried things and then it was only two nights and now it's three nights and so but it's been like oh then they did a fifty thousand win mod race like what three years ago for the year before COVID, right, right? it was did rtj win that one he might have.
2: I don't remember, to be honest with you.
1: Anyway, yeah, or maybe it was, yeah, or Sam. Anyway, this that was like in 2018 or 19. It was a 50,000 right. pod show. So they've they've really tried. But
0: now the last few years,
1: you know, it's been consistent. So you know, hopefully, but let's hope it keeps going. Go ahead, Bert.
0: I was just going to say this. If this event has always struggled to find an identity, it just doesn't. Uh, there's nothing. When you think of the Masters, you don't know what to think of because it, it's changed so much. And uh, I mean, didn't the event originally start out as an invitation only for late model only, invite and, only? It was yeah. You had to
1: qualify through other races, top five, and it was what a hunter, top five at the Dirt Track World Championship, top five at the Dream, top five, and then you. But uh, yeah, and, and I don't know how it ever really worked though. You right. know what I mean? You know, and then. And then I remember it was technically, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was technically called the Masters, but I remember Tony Stewart running there in the JD Byrider car and probably like 99, to well, it started around that time. But there was, I remember Auckland Stars. It was the Stars. Remember it was the Stars series? It was Star sanctioned one year. Right. And so that would have been 02, 01, 02 03, somewhere in there. So you like it, but that's a great
2: point. That's the word, identity. It really doesn't have an identity. And, and honestly, as a fan, right, watching the show, I think the the late model feel that they had, over 40 late models, are local guys able to run there with an opportunity to race for 10 grand. I love it. The USMPS mods bringing them in, obviously they had over 50 cars. I don't know. I, I think this works, right? And again, nothing against the USRA late models, but there's just too much racing with that many classes. Cut them, give them a special of their own, have two classes. I think the crowd would be perfectly entertained with the late model show and the USMTS Mon show. Just my opinion, but I'm probably going to get some hate mail from some USRA late model guys. So Cody Borgeson, I'm sorry. Tell Tim I'm sorry. If Tim <laughs> Borgeson was out there, um, I believe, in a USRA late model. I didn't really get to watch too much of that. Um, I do have one last thing. So so Bert mentioned, right, that he had the lock of the week with Jimmy Marsh. I got to be honest with you, I think there's a conspiracy brewing, okay? AJ Demo was the most dominant force in late model racing in the area to end the season last year, and in case you forgot, he's one for one this year, right? I think think he only has one show, maybe two, but one for sure. I think he only has one, and it was a Dirt King show, the Tom Stiding Memorial, and he absolutely curb stomped him over in Menominee. And and Jimmy struggled, right? He had a rough week at Eldora, right? Do you think there's a chance that he found out somebody had COVID? Said, I tell you what, why don't you go to lunch with AJ? I'll buy, right? I'll stay away from me. Gave AJ COVID, right? And then and then they found out a little bit late. Okay, don't come back into work because you have COVID. Now now he's going, What the hell? I can't race. And Jimmy's going, Well, I can't. That's really not my problem. Do you think that maybe there was a seed planted there to I'm, I'm just saying, I, I it just uh-huh. yeah, he's recovering from it, which I, I texted him. He says, Yeah, I'm recovering from it. it sucks. He goes, there will always be more races, but it sounds like he's on the mend, which is a good thing, you know. Um, hopefully he gets back to you know good health. But man, what a shame, right? I mean, oh. you take one of the I mean, regardless of all the good cars that were there, you put AJ Diemel in the mix, and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story because he's he's a number one contender all the time every time he unloads a car and as bad as he killed him last year at the legendary 100 man it would have been good to see him out there in the mix because i feel like he might have had a little something to say about what happened there so let's jump into a little recap and analysis you touched kind of on eastern wisconsin bert is there anything else that
0: you want to touch on or you pretty much got
2: her covered over there
0: no i pretty much covered everything in uh, uh previous segments What's, what's coming up this week? I know there's a couple of things coming
2: up in Eastern Wisconsin, what's, what's coming up?
0: Uh, yeah, there's uh, actually uh, two Dirt Kings races, uh, back-to-back nights this week. Uh, Friday night, they're at Gravity Park in Chilton. And then uh, Saturday night, they're at Shino uh, Speedway uh, for the second time this year. So uh, um, it's not too often that they race on back-to-back nights. So uh, that'll be, uh, it'll be interesting.
2: <laughs> that, that's almost a size difference right between the Belleville high banks and Belleville low banks I mean yeah, you got yeah. gravity park that could probably fit inside of Shano.
0: so that yes would and be yes and I will touch on that later in the show
2: okay okay
0: <laughs> well I'm gonna get into uh Puken, unless you have something you want to touch on I'll touch a
2: little bit on all the wasota action and I'll try to go fast there was a bunch of it so <clears throat> we'll start Grand Rapids Speedway this past Thursday Tyler Kittner he got his fifth of the year Call that his little honey hole over there at the Grand Rapids Speedway. Terrence Spacek made a trip up. He was there for opener, had the lead, broke, but he capitalized on that uh, starting spot and got number six on the year. Guys, the track still not coming into shape. It's rough. It's choppy. Good news, though. So if you're listening to this, if you're a racer, if you're wondering if you come to Grand Rapids, you need to. George Finkbone has been rehired. He's coming back. He's gonna redo the track. I'm super excited because that guy knew how to prepare a racetrack, and I'm really excited that he's back because they need him over at Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Thunder City Speedway up in Thunder Bay. They're supposed to run Wednesday. They ran Thursday. They they must have a rain date every single week. I'm not really <laughs> sure how that works, but a uh, Cole Chernoski four for four in the Minnesota Super Stocks up there, and. He also won in the Midwest Mod Division. That's 36 Midwest Mods on a regular show on Thunder Bay. Unbelievable. So seven, uh, the 70 junior, David Simpson, eighth to second. But keep an eye on this Cole Chernowski kid. He's got a pile of wins. He runs three classes. He's won down in the States. He won at Menominee earlier this year. Remember that name. I have a feeling we're going to talk about him lots. And uh, in the modifies, Riley Matthews. He parked it in Victory Lane. KRA Speedway over in Wilmer. Justin Vogel, who is uh, the perennial bridesmaid. He's got more seconds than anybody again this year. He got her done from fifth. And in the Midwest mods, Brandon Merworth. That's his fourth of the year, running a limited schedule, but a pile of wins. And uh, Dexton Cook. There's a guy right here, guys. We're going to talk more about him. His first of on the weekend that's 78k of Red Hot the supers and then the modifieds the Iceman, Don Ichen's getting it down to 90 Norman County Raceway I see, I used to bounce on Thursdays back in my super stock days I used to kind of look at the weather and go am I going to Ada or am I going to Wilmer and I ran Wilmer more but I'd go to ADA no problem if that if that looked like the best alternative because I was running for national points and two drivers that were there when I was racing there, parked it in victory lane at Ada, Justin Jones. Remember that name, Puka? The 69 car, he's run mods. He's now back in the Midwest mod. He got it done. They had late models there um, on Thursday night too for a regular show. Six cars. Oh, not NLRA? Just to... Not NLRA. So I'm not sure what to think about that. There was a lot going on. Masters, other stuff. Not sure what to think. But the E85, Jason Strand, he got it done. Good to see him in victory lane. Tri-County Speedway out in Wishek, 10 speeders. KCU status back-to-back wins for the 2U. And the Dirt Doctor, Lauren Johnson, his fourth of the year in the Midwest Mods, making the trip up from South Dakota to Wishek. I was kind of surprised to see his name there. I don't think people want him to show up because he's fast. Mandan, North Dakota, Dakota Speedway, 18 speed stocks. This was an interesting race. Jason Berg led the race early. Looked like he pretty much had it under control. I'm not sure what happened, but he broke on about lap six, pulled off Hunter Damagala, who won the race of champions last year in the street stocks, got his first of the year. Good to see the 97 back up front. Princeton Speedway, 14 super stocks. Dexton Cook, his second of three wins on the weekend. Joel Collins, I give him a lot of love last week. I'm not really sure where He, he did not have a good night in Princeton. Dude, you can't be one and done. Joel Collins, all right, you were unbelievable at like Granite City two weeks ago. I don't want to see any more of this uh not running well. You got you've got to fix that if I'm gonna be talking about that. Black Hill Speedway. Um, Willie Ferguson in a Zuli race engine. This guy's been red hot. Second straight, he's won three of his last four, all um, all of his last eight or all eight shows he has on the podium this weekend out in Outer Rapid City, 1250 to win for the speed stocks. He's got to be licking his chops right now. There's a couple of good cars out there, but Willie Ferguson's been really quick. Midwest Mods, they had the second annual Dylan Heinzerling Memorial with the Border Clash. They had a doubleheader deal between Black Hills and Gillette. And it was 2000 a win for the Midwest Mods. Troy Liker, he's back. He's only ran a couple shows this year. And I tell you what, when he unloads, it's, it's scary because you pretty much are guaranteed he's going to be contending. Uh, Matt Heinzerling, not quite the night he was looking for but he you know he's strong but he was definitely looking to win that one Brown County Speedway, again thank you Terry Volts for getting dirt race central there because he, here's the thing okay is you Puka, okay, you've been keeping track of national points and all that right and you look at Arment and Galling and Becker and Searing and all these guys right you think about all the the big names that we've hear about, right? From South Dakota, but we never really got to watch. So there's always that East versus West, and we always had that Eastern bias going, you know, ah, they're from South Dakota. Watch it on Dirt Race Central. I'm telling you, there's some freaking good race car drivers out there in Aberdeen. They had a stout count, they got a lot of culture. Excellent to be able to watch that. Hopefully, it's a weekly thing. In the Street Stock Miller's Luke Johnson. He got number th- uh, number three on the year and ended the 2021 by winning two of his last three. Actually, this was his first of the year, number three he is. But uh, he's ended strong. And he's back in victory lane. Midwest mods a little drama. You jump on the dirt race central if you want to see what happened. But Christmas come early for Tim Canton, who also got a new MB. But what happened is Connor Bloomhart was looking for his first win. For his first career win, never won an Amy, right? And it was coming down. They were coming, I believe, for the white flag. And here comes Lane Johnson, who was running really good, and he threw a haymaker slider and missed. <laughs> <laughs> Just punted them. Punted them both off a of turn four. and It's like, oh, no. And, hey, that, that place, I mean, well, you know, there's a lot of sliders at Brown County. Go ahead, Bert.
0: Well, apparently he didn't miss if, if he punted them. Yeah, well, you know, I know what you mean. You though. Know, you're, you're right. Keep <laughs> yeah. full contact off the race. Bad deal. But both
2: of them were out, and I mean, it was it was a bad deal. I mean, I, he didn't obviously mean to wreck him. He tried to slide him, and just did not have them cleared. But uh, a good win for Tim Canton in the Super Stocks, seventh straight win for the seventy-one of Trevor Nelson. Really in a league of his own out there. I mean, there's some there's a couple of pretty good cars, but he is. Flat out dominant. He comes from the fourth row every night. In the modifieds, we talked a little bit about that already. Dale Ames is third third straight, 1,500 to win on that one. Um, Kent Arment exited early. I'm not sure what happened. He broke. He was running up in the top five. And in the late models, Kent Arment snuck by Chad Becker. I'm telling you what. So Becker's kind of been the guy for the last few years. Searing was last year, right? Searing and Becker. Becker was kind of the few years before that. And Arment is always that perennial guy. He looks scary fast right now. Arment was really fast. And, and if you watch that, there was a little food on the bottom, a little food on the top. And he just, I mean, unbelievable to watch Kent Arment get around the Brown County Speedway, jump on a dirt race central. Chateau Speedway down in Lansing, Minnesota. 16 Midwest Mods, a 35 Tony Bloom getting his first career. Midwest Mod, Amy and win. Um, he took about a decade off, come back to racing, just never got in victory lane. Congratulations on his first ever win. The Gallatin Speedway up in Belgrade. Corey Craver got it done from six. Bo Brown, buddy of mine, in the double O in the Supers, and Kinzer McCord in the late models. Fiesta City Speedway over in Montevideo, they've dropped mods. Great to see tracks working together, right? Because it's close to Aberdeen. They dropped them because they had a special. Mike Jans, he's back. In the street stocks, kind of been a little bit bumpy road to start the season, but he doubled up this week uh, with wins at Fiesta City and Madison. He did that a lot last year. Midwest Mods, Jake Smith. And you know that name, Puka. I mean, we all know Bob Smith. He's a guy that used to run up in Heming, number seven on the year. And, again, that's my that's one of my picks right there. I should say I shouldn't say one of my picks, right, but he was my sleeper pick. To win the Wesota national title, and he's on that pace right now. Super stocks, Jake Knapper. He got number six on the year. Gondik lost speedway. We talked about the Supers unbelievable race. Hats off Kyle Kopp in that one. The Midwest mods had a thousand to win. Team Canada Cole chernoski made the trip down from Thunder Bay, put it in Victory Lane, and he'd really kind of uncontested. I think Cody Carlson maybe was a little bit there. But Chernowski, uh, I'm telling you, that that's a kid right there. Keep an eye on that name. In the modified division, Billy Kendall. Billy Kendall. I didn't. I don't even know about this guy, right? He, he. The only reason I knew who he was, his car, his shop where he works on his car, is right next to the training yard for Halberlines, right in Superior. So I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He builds his own cars. His dad is. It's a family built deal. Two one eight uh, or two one eight chassis and uh, got his first career win in the modified division over in Superior. So pretty cool to see. I mean, he's wanted some IMCA stuff, but first was Soto win, but a home-built car getting, getting it done. In the late models, Danny Vang, number two on the year for the rookie, kind of, right? He had a couple shows at the end of last year, but he looked really strong. 109 cars. Um, They had a really good car count over in Superior. I94 Speedway, and I don't know if you guys saw this or not. So... I'm going to start with this. We've talked we talked about this last week where Don Shaw and, and Moss had a little bit of a to do, right? And stuff happened or whatever. So the the email comes out <coughs> to all the tracks and I'm, I'm, I help with the tracks, so I get kind of filtered in on some of the stuff. Don Shaw got a 2 week whistle suspension from his actions at the I94 Speedway which he owns. In the history of racing, have you ever heard of somebody that races at a track they own suspending themselves ever? Like that, that's I'm like, holy cow. And don't get me wrong, with some of the stuff that happened there, he probably deserved it. But I don't know if he suspended himself, maybe his wife sent it in, maybe a try. I don't know how it all happened, but <laughs> Don Shaw suspended for two weeks for actions that happened at his own racetrack. So I guess at the end of the day. Nobody can get away with anything over there because if he suspends himself, you better not. You know, you better watch your P's and Q's because he ain't afraid to suspend anybody. Right? Street Stocks, Kyle Dykoff, Midwest Mods, Travis Sauer, who's super strong over there, and in the late models, the guy we just talked about, Dave Moss, he got it done from sixth. But that SSR of Ryan Michelson <laughs> guys, eleventh to second, and he was kind of tracking Moss at the end, so he had a really good run over there as well. McLean, uh, McLean County Speedway over in Underwood, North Dakota, every year they have that double header. I think it's during their fair where they have late models come in and, uh, 2000 to win each night, nine cars, the first night, 13, the second night, disappointing. I mean, there's so much going on. I know some of the South, or I know, I know, uh, searing went the other way. Becker, I think he was salty. I think he had a questionable call there last year, so he didn't go back and, You know, I I was kind of upset not to see more cars, but Cole Schill doubled up. So last week he got his first win in over a year. The 44 parked at Vickie Lane both nights. So congratulations, Cole Schill. And we got our first Aaron Turnbull sighting. He came down for night number two and got second. So um, he wasn't there for night one, but he did make it down for night number two. River City Speedway up in Grand Forks, North Dakota, Steffa Speedstock Tour Action. Tucker Peterson had a couple wins last week. He was gone. Looked like he was going to win this one. Flat tire. Kyle Anderson got it done. And there's a kid there that wins a handful of races every year. So congratulations on a Steffes win. Rebel Midwest Mod Tour. Lance Schill has been flat out dominant up there. Just dominant. And he was dominant again. But a guy that stayed with him, Corey Stork, was right on his bumper. But they pulled away from everybody else but Lance Schill back in victory lane and in the late models um, let's see here. Yeah. Peterson, Um, Joey Peterson in the seven, a guy I used to race against in the super stocks. He actually took the lead and then there was a yellow and Greg Freestad, a guy that I don't think he's visited victory lane. He led a pile of laps actually looked good. But after he took that slider, he just kind of faded. I think he maybe finished fifth or sixth salmon salmon valley speedway i'm not going to get into results here but they i just kind of keep an eye on them because they they're trying to get some Wasoda stuff going on they're trying to get Wasoda supers interesting place they they actually had some video footage um online on speed sport and you can watch out salmon valley uh, salmon idaho it is so kind of an interesting deal to check on they're they're trying to get some Wasoda classes but it's not quite working yet Big Sky Speedway out in Billings. You've been to that place a time or two, right? Mid-20 Midwest Mods, Vance, Lorenz in the Midwest Mods. You know who builds his motor? Nick Hoff, hard charger, Reese Engine. Good good buddy of ours. Yeah, got to give him a shout out. He used to build my motors. Good buddy of mine. Uh, 12 Street Stocks out there. Corey Craver, his second of the week. The big three. I call them the big three. Finished one, two, three. Of course, Corey Craver, Rob Petrov, and Jeremy Castro. And in the late models, Kinzer McCord. I feel like I said that name already. That's two on the week for him. Devil's Lake Speedway. They had the uh, Steffa Street Stocks and the Rebel Midwest Mods. Local, Danny Eberly. He got it done holding off hard-charging Johnny Carter and the Streeters. And the slump is finally over for the nightmare, Lucas Rodine. He started out with a couple wins. He was absolutely, like, terrible. Remember I said uh, he's in the not-hot list? Well, he won the Rebel Midwest Mod Tour race in Devil's Lake, so I guess I give him a little mojo there and got him back on track. Electric, Speed, Electric City Speedway out in Great Falls. Um, Eight-speeders Dave Azur in the street Stocks, Travis Shumati in the Midwest Mods, and PJ Popham from 7th holding off Casey Stephenson, who seems to win everything out there. So nothing against Casey Stephenson. Nice to see a different guy in victory lane at least once, right? North Central Speedway, sixth of the year for Dylan Nelson. That 25-car kind of bounces around a little bit. Keep an eye on him. He's going to win some races. The kid's get better and better. Tomahawk Speedway, fan of the show, incidentally. Fan of the show. Colton Kluckman, and he's from Wausau. First career feature win. And he, he had a big post on there thanking Jeff Nowak and Bogdanovich that used to run speed stocks and Super cool to see a, a new guy get victory lane, and I, I congratulated. He goes, "Hey, we love. I love your show, by the way." So, thumbs up to him. Congratulations to Colton, and then SK Speedway, Bert's favorite track over in Central Wisconsin. They had <laughs> the last dance, and uh, they're not they're not hey. racing this year. Go ahead, Bert.
0: Did the lights stay on? The lights no. did. I'll be
2: honest, I love good car count. I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean there was double digits in every class and some of them were 14 to 16 they had a really good car count over there for the last dance in uh jeff nowak julie engine he parked in victory lane in the speeders mike winman who he won a pile of races over there last year he got it done in the midwest mods and uh brandon dolman brought the dirt newer house car up there he got it done in the supers and local chris Ortel, um he got it done in the modified so who knows? Who knows what the future has in store for the SK Speedway? I, I don't know. Um, hopefully they figured out a way to keep that place going, but that's it for this year. They're done. ABC Raceway, Ashland, Wisconsin. Superstocks. the Flying Farmer, Nick Oreskovich, who had a shot to win Friday, did get it done on Saturday from 6th, Um, which, when you're Steve Stewart's been the man over there. Not quite his night over there on Saturday. I think he got like 5th. Modifieds, Brandon Kopp, his fourth of the year, absolutely on a tip. Brandon Kopp is, uh he he started out last year, and everybody said this. They're like, well, he's winning races, but he ain't winning anything meaningful. It's all low car count stuff. Well, now he's starting to win some meaningful races. That 22 is for real. Deer Creek Speedway, they had street stocks in Midwest Mons. Now, get this. Mid- in the Midwest Mons, they have 21 to Midwest Mons. 38 USRA B mods and 21 USRA mods. They got three classes of mods at Deer Creek, two classes of B mods. And between the two classes of B mods, they had 59 cars. That is unbelievable. Now, and for the life of me, I'm like, why do you need USRA B mods and Wasota Midwest mods? But they have full fields in both. And in the street stocks, Colton Brower, I believe he's 15 years old, um, and he's been racy. He was really quick at Viking. Both of them are into the KOL 34. He started seventh. Braden, who was my pick to win the national championship in the Streeters, eighth to second. Now, I'm going to call this the Liker effect. Okay. Because let's be honest, Troy Liker, either one of them two, Troy Liker and Tony Liker last year, if either one of them didn't race, the other. No disrespect to Lucas Rodin, but if if neither one of those, if one of those two didn't race last year, the other one's a national champion. Plain and simple, that was going to happen. Colton Brower might be the reason that keeps Braden Brower out of winning a national championship because he's going to take some wins from. Him. That kid's talented. I'm watching him, and uh, that we're going to call that the Liker effect. That's going to be something to keep an eye on. Up in Emo, north of the border, Hibbing didn't run, so Wyatt Boyan went to his home track, got it done in the Midwest Mods, and Brody Straycan in the Modifies. Gillette Thunder Speedway, they had night number two of the Border Clash 2 ran to win. I bet you can't guess who won the Midwest Mods.
1: Which one, Troy or Mike?
2: Troy Liker. Troy Liker. Yep, he got her done. And Eddie Kirchhoff doubled up. They had makeup features in there, too. They, they get really low car count, four, five, six late models. Eddie Kirchhoff wins every night, unless Cole Searing or Becker make a run out there. Um Heinzerling got second. But Troy Liker uh, looking for some redemption because coming up this weekend is the Mountain States Montour. Um, they got two races at Big Sky, two races at Sheridan. Last year, Tony, like, they won all four. I don't think he even has a car, right? So I, I don't even know if he's racing. Troy, Got two seconds, two DNFs, and he had to be a little salty that he didn't win. I tell you what, it's tough to bet against that guy. He's going to probably have a pretty good shot at sweeping the whole series. Greenbush, uh, no streets, no Midwest mods because of the tour. 11 mods, uh, I guess he's your defending track champion. Jordan DeRay, he got it done. Madison Speedway, Mike Jans, like I said, he doubled up. Darren Angus, in the Midwest mods. Ryan Flotten not quite as good as last week where he lapped the entire field, which was two of them, um, but this <laughs> this week there was more cars. They had six cars there, and he did get his second straight win. Congratulations to my buddy Ryan Flotten and Brian Hobbin in the modified division. Ogilvy, no mods, no streets. Did you guys watch anything from Ogilvy? No. First thing I want to say, they had wing modifieds there. You, you remember, of course, Kevin B. Rock, right? Oh yeah. Chase V Brock went for a ride. There was a guy, I don't remember the guy's name. They were side by side and I don't know what happened. You you can jump on dirt race central, but all of a sudden he come down into his right rear. I don't know if he come down to hit him on purpose. I don't know if he come down to try to like get underneath him. I, I don't know how it all went, but I can tell you right now, there was a lot of hurt feelings and uh, it sounds like Chase V Brock got a little bit beat up. Hopefully He heals up soon, but that car went for an absolute tumble, one of the more violent roles I've seen in a while. But in the Midwest Mod, Zach Benson got it done, and the Super Stocks, third of the week for Dexton Cook from eighth. So that's 78K. Sobrowski wasn't there, nothing against Dexton Cook. Of course, he did beat him last week there, right? Dexton Cook did, but uh, Sobrowski ran over at the Masters this weekend rice lake speedway nick trainer from eighth in the street stocks kennedy swan her first win of the year <laughs> impressive too she split first and second so she actually put a sweet move on it's on i i know they have it on their facebook live but she put a hell of a move on race of champions qualifier she qualified for that but a sweet move by uh, the young kennedy swan to get her her first win of the year eric olson the veteran in the super stock got it done and buzzy adams I'm not sure if you heard of that guy or not, but he got it done in the modifies from the poll, race of champions night redraw. Here's the deal, Rice Lake. Um, don't let Buzzy start up front. Just don't. Okay. okay. Just literally, if, if he draws the poll, just say, we'll give you an extra hundred bucks or whatever, start last, put on a show. If he starts up front, everybody just goes to the concession stand, they grab a beer, popcorn, it's over. It's not even entertaining unless you're a Buzzy Adams fan, which there's a bunch of them. Viking Speedway. Ryan Saturn of the Street Stocks, Midwest Mods, a sneaky fast, Braden, uh, Brendan Blasek, who I talk about quite a bit. Um, God, he's he's always there. Not quite winning as much as I anticipate, but he's always there. But uh, good to see him win. And Trevor Sauer, Jeff Krause. I'm saying Trevor Sauer, not Jeff Krause. He's won three of five. Coach, got to put that 29-star in Victor Lane. We got to get her done. This is the week. Got to get this ain't the way. They don't even race this week. We got a concert next week. Okay. But hats off to Trevor Sauer. Modifies um Brett Hoyam. There's a guy. He's only got two races in one win, two races. And he's a guy that wins a couple races every single year. He's just solid. He runs over at the Viking Speedway. Not sure why he wasn't out most of the year, but finally back on track. And out in Sheridan, Toby Price. He got it done. Fifty-one years old. I'm thinking that's Joy Price's dad, but I'm not positive. Held held off Jeremy Castro, who's one about everything at Sheridan, and Bernie Fisher in the Midwest Mops. Halverline Speedway, Proctor, Minnesota. You guys see the late model count at Proctor? At over twenty or at twenty? What was? Right it? at twenty. Somebody said twenty-one, but I think my race pass said twenty. Unbelievable, right? I mean, we're used to seeing seven, nine, right? 20 late models, and I didn't really see anybody out of the ordinary. I mean, they're all right from there, so great to see that over in Proctor. Maybe partially because Hibbing canceled because there was a couple of Hibbing cars that went up there, but uh, Mike Belfi got it done from the third row. Hell of a run for Mike Belfi and Brandon Kopp from seventh, his second of the week. He's been on fire. Oreskovich, his second of the week in the Super, and Cody Carlson got it done. And uh, I tell you what, that's a lot of a lot of racing action over this past weekend. The Sunday tracks, um, a lot of them canceled, right? Watertown, Liz, Granny. And they didn't cancel on Sunday, they canceled on like Tuesday, Wednesday. Bemidji, same thing. Bemidji, yeah. And, and I don't know what the temperatures I should have actually looked. It probably was hot, but it sounds like there was a little breeze at a couple of them. What is your thoughts as a fan, okay, from your perspective on these tracks canceling four or five days in advance for too hot? I can see canceling the day or day day before, day of, but what's your thoughts four or five days in advance that the forecast is it might be too hot? Well, I think this is the first time I've
1: ever heard of tracks canceling because it was too hot. But, you know, if you're sitting in the promoter's seat, grad parties are going on, of course it was Father's Day. You know, I mean, you know, and of course, there's the, the fuel thing we keep talking about, not just for, for drivers, but for fans. But, yeah, I I saw it on Bemidji's Facebook that they were canceling due to heat, that we've been in contact with the National Weather Service. And um, I, I don't know, maybe there's some sort of liability they're worried about. I don't know. How many beers does it take to pass out when it's 95 degrees, Bert? You've been to the many USA Nationals. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, you sit by uh, a well, booth, so well. you can just call next time. Huh? <laughs>
0: I, I think it took you about uh, six Nickelobes nickelode lights. <laughs>
2: well, he said it was a rock that nugget on a rock fall yeah. over. Is that what? So <laughs> well,
1: I don't know. Top, like I said, you know, kind of a tough time of year, I think, for the promoters anyway. And and uh, so maybe it was just an easy way to just kind of kind of lift. What what do you think, Bert?
0: Uh, well, I mean, yeah, canceling because of heat, you know, that's something different, but like puka said looking at it from the promoter standpoint um your crowd is going to be cut down um because of the heat and let alone those other things that you mentioned um now i don't know if these tracks stream but i mean i just thought of this i mean if it's 95 and human and it's like i can just sit down in my man cave <laughs> and watch the races in the air conditioned house versus going to the track um, that, that's another topic for another day, but I mean, it's interesting.
2: I think the streaming supplements, right? The the income they get from Dirt Ray Central supplements, but I don't think it replaces um, unless you're in a situation like, you know, a couple of years ago where everything was closed down and they're like, okay, well, right. we got nothing to do, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it's, it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, Right. You know, people are looking at us like, oh, cancel for rain. We cancel for this. and now we're canceling for hot. There were some drivers a little bit upset. There's other drivers going, I don't want to freaking work on my car in 97 degree weather. Like, I'm not interested. I don't know, I don't want to go with the tire shortage. You know what the track's going to do? It is harder to keep a track together in that kind of heat, too. So it's, it's one of those deals where, and with fuel prices, you know, I, I mean, there's a lot of variables there. And, and quite honestly, let's just be honest, right? There's there's a lot of racing, and some would argue that sometimes there's too much, right? And is it is it such a bad thing for tracks to cancel a few shows here and there when they when they don't think it's going to be financially beneficial to the racetrack? It's probably not such a bad thing. So I can I can see it from a business standpoint probably being a pretty good thing overall.
0: Well, so- and I mean on the other side of the spectrum, um, I mean. Like with the clash at the creek at one forty one Speedway, the Wednesday when the storms came through, I mean it was, you know, in the nineties that day it was hot and humid, and that's what blew up these storms throughout the afternoon. And one forty one didn't cancel, and they probably should have canceled hours before they actually did. I know that I know some IMCA stock car drivers who didn't go the who we're not going to go the first night because they didn't want to risk being in the, in storms. If the storms actually did come through.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, we saw what happened at Houston's right. I mean, when that storm went through, so I I can see that side of it, but yeah, quite interesting. There was some races on the national scene this weekend as well, actually over in your neck of the woods, Bert the world of Outlaw Sprint friend cars had action, a pair of shows at the Beaver dam speedway, the JB Jim Boyd Memorial, um, did you get a chance to watch those races? What stuck out the, uh, in the world about last sprint car action? Um,
0: uh, I did watch the highlights of uh, both of the features and, uh, the, the Friday night feature, uh, they had a hard time getting that one started. Uh, there was, uh, several rollovers, uh, uh, before they actually were able to get a, a complete lap in. And, uh, the one was pretty vicious between three drivers on the backstretch, but everything, oh. everybody was okay. That, that yeah, included Chris.
1: I guess he's out with a concussion now.
0: Oh, is, is he? he? Uh,
1: Craig Kinzer. He wasn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On okay. yeah. Yeah. His,
2: yeah. his crew chief was not happy. His crew chief actually went across the track and was in Noah Gass's uh, face on the racetrack. And I'm like, throw a punch, throw a punch. Come on. We need, we need <laughs> some time to hit him. And he never did. But, you know, the overall winner, I think, on that whole weekend, Sheldon Hottenschild, right? Buggy Bobby getting her done both nights move from fourth all the way up to second in the points he was 74 points back now he's 42 points out of first behind the ultra consistent lack of wins for this guy but brad sweet leading the points but i don't know how he's leading points (laughs) he's just always there every single night he's always there and he very rarely does anything crazy Another uh, event that went on this past weekend, Lucas Oil Late Models, they were supposed to run down at Cherokee. That one actually canceled. Smoky Mountain had, uh, they had their prelim races and then they had the, I guess it was 50,000 to win. What stuck out to you guys from the Lucas Oil race over at Smoky Mountain? Uh, what can
1: you say about, you know, JD and Madden just continuing their their ways, you know, on, on was it, would have been Friday night, the prelim night, right? You know and and uh, and then you know of course Madden getting the win on Saturday and and you know fifty thousand to win. And Remember last weekend we got second. That was hundred grand to win. So one hundred fifty thousand. Was it twenty to win on Friday night? I think
2: Friday was a pair of shows. It was six thousand to win. Oh, each
1: Friday. Okay. Yep.
2: So I mean you know so you know
1: awesome weekend and of course I think and will I'll turn this over to you. I'll just bring up the name, but that Carson Ferguson.
2: If you didn't know who he was going into the weekend, you know who he is now. Yeah, he got third in a prelim, and I don't see, I don't, I'm not sure where he finished in the main event. Maybe Burt's got that, but yeah, he actually turned some heads. He was pretty quick in that 93 car. Um, Jimmy Owens won a prelim race, one of the prelims. Um, I don't know. The, the track was okay. I mean, there's nothing, nothing, I guess, dramatic about this one. I mean, kind of what you expect, right? You got Chris Madden first, you got Davenport there, Overton was third. Kind of got to Davenport, but then faded a little bit at the end. The 20-RT, RTG just kind of on the outside looking in. Marlar looks strong. Um, The point action in that deal, you know, going in, Shepard had a pretty big lead, but Shepard, he got ninth. I mean, he's just, he's leading the points, right? But, I mean, when you look at it, Madden, Davenport, and Overton, they're not running for Lucas points. But when they show up, they're the top three, Right. You know so I mean if they were running for Lucas points, would, would Shepard be leading points? I don't know, maybe maybe not. Turbo, who's second in the Lucas points, 19. Just terrible. Why, terrible. Why yeah. we? Shepard hasn't won since they left Florida. No, he, yeah, he's he's struggle bus. And uh Brandon Shepard's still leading the points. He's got a 65 point lead over another guy, ultra consistent, always there. T Mac, and uh that's a guy right there. He got six, he's just on the outside looking in. But uh, Lucas Oil points, it could get dicey. I'm telling you, Shepard's leading right now, we're talking with Shepard and Turbo. But is, is a smart money on TMAC right now?
0: Well, T- TMAC was my pick before – I believe he was my pick before the season started. I, I think he's the safe bet right now. I don't know. Shepard just hasn't done anything since he announced he was following Lucas on a full-time basis. Oh. Um which is really surprising uh i do want to make one comment about the race i mean it's a good thing that madden had a few second lead because uh he tried to give it away going to the green to the white flag when he he tagged the wall in three and four and he was beyond turbo he
2: said turbo kind of made a lane change that's what he said in victory lane and and he kind of took the air off and he got loose and he smacked the fence. It's like, Oh my gosh. It's like, what are you doing? And you know, it's, it's easy to do. You get the air off of them things and funny things happen. But yeah, that, that was, that was probably the most interesting part of the race was like, <gasps> everybody kind of has that sign, And it's like, okay, he's, he's good. He's got her done. So Madden and Davenport, they just, they're just on a hell of a season right now.
1: Matt, the only guy that can win in a rocket really. I mean, like I said,
2: it, you know, and that's why I put
1: my money on, I'd rather, you know, would you rather, I'd rather T-Mac over Shepard because T-Mac's in a Longhorn. I mean, the Longhorns are getting it done other than Madden. You know, like I said, even Overton, you know, a little bit better. Marlar's on a Longhorn, you know. So, you know, Dennis Urb is winning, you know, in the JV League in a rocket, but (laughs) talk about the Lucas. We're talking about the varsity.
2: (laughs) Good, but that's (laughs) balanced. You know, and that's something, you know, the Rockets, they, they weren't the car to beat last year either, right? I think they got a couple of them they are a little bit better this year, but the year before, right, if you go back to right. of years, the Rockets were dominant. <laughs> I mean, B-Shep was <laughs> fired, And Owens. Owens and b Yeah, both of them too. And and uh, neither one of them are, are where they were two years ago. So, I mean, obviously they didn't lose something, but the Longhorns figured something out that They're they're a step above right now, for sure, in the national late model scene. And uh, we won't touch on every night because there's a pile of races. I mean, we'll be here for three, four more hours if we talk about every race (laughs) of the Hell Tour. But, you know, they ran at Kankakee, Peoria, Davenport. Uh, They ran at Tri-City. They ran at Sycamore. They ran at Fairbury. So they had six six nights of racing action. Um, The first night sucked. Just locked down rubber at Kankakee. They even they didn't even start heats there till nine o'clock because it was hot and all that. Unzicker got it done, and then as expected, Pierce got a couple wins. Chris Simpson was kind of a surprise, right? Um, to me anyway. You know, get a couple. Did he? He won two, didn't he? Chris Simpson. Yeah, I won the in Davenport, and then Fairbury. Yeah, and then did Squirrel win the last one at Sycamore? I think so. Right? I think Brian Shirley won at Sycamore. That I don't know. And then he in the I'm a, I'm gonna go it on a limb here and say that you guys probably don't know who won. You know, you probably know who won. Who at won six more? Let's just say it was five for five in, in <laughs> UMP mods. Nick Hoffman is. It's like they should just pay him not to show up, right? Because I mean, it's, it's not even it's not even fun. Now Mike Harrison had a shot to beat him. I think that was at Fairberry, and still Nick Hoffman just. I mean, it's, it's just in a league of his own. Now, one thing that stuck out to me on the Hell Tour, right? Because you look at these tracks, Kankakee, Illinois, Peoria, Illinois, Davenport, right by Illinois, right? Tri-City, Illinois. Nothing going on during the week. Are you surprised Brandon Shepard wasn't there with the B5? Interesting.
1: Uh, well, let me ask you this, too. I am surprised. And is anybody throwing Hoffman in their late model? Or does he have
2: his own? He, or is he, he Yeah. Come on. He just the mod, he's running the mod. That's you know, it's probably, it's probably, I'm here selling cars, right? Because I'm going to dominate, kick everybody's ass, and everybody's going to want what I who
0: whose card, whose late model did he raise at the million?
2: I don't remember yeah.
1: that. He was in the house, and it, yeah, it looks like everything with Bloomquist has done,
2: right? I think he left, and Cody Sommer left, right? Right. So, I mean, and quite honestly, I mean. You look at the races. You had the Lucas race and and all that. The best race of the weekend was at Fairmont. I mean, it was. I mean, that was that was impressive. And and all the Hell Tours on Dirt Vision. It starts back up again tomorrow night, right? So or tonight because we're we're and we're doing this show on Monday. It's going to come on on Tuesday, I believe. Um. So then I guess the whole rest of the way through the Hell Tour will be on six nights. So great. And then they kind of. It's interesting because. At I-55, they have the World of Outlaws and the UMP Summer Nationals. It's like a co-sanctioned deal. So, Friday and Saturdays, UMP late models and World of Outlaws co sanction So, I thought that was kind of an interesting deal. I know, Bert, you had a – we were talking earlier. You had a question in regards to Fairberry and, you know, World of Outlaws. What, what was the question you had there?
0: Well, I mean, I watched the – the lucas race which was not that exciting and then i watched the falls race and it's like i was on the edge of my seat um you know cars are three wide in the corners darting through you know threading the needle and it's uh but then you know and you know we've had this discussion before well not now it's obvious but you know like a couple of years ago which Which uh, organization had the best talent of drivers, the Lucas series or the World of Outlaws. But, you know, I was thinking at Fairbury for this Hell Tour race, they had, you know, if you go by the rankings on Dirt on Dirt, there was three drivers in the top 25 racing at Falls and pretty much the rest of them were in Cherokee. And it's like, which would, would you rather see, a race at Falls with only three of the top 25 drivers racing, or would you rather see a race at a different track with uh, 22 of the top drivers, but there's, the track isn't as exciting as Falls.
2: Okay. Go ahead.
0: Wow. We've talked about, I mean, we talked about Bristol. I mean, Bristol wasn't much, you know, we you
1: know, talked about Texas, I mean, we saw saw the race in Texas last year. Remember Moran made the slide at the end and lost about five spots, you know, going for the, so falls is falls, and that and and, and Bobby Pierce is important to falls because he's very exciting, and and that bring that brings me back to what you just asked. Now I'm even more surprised. Now I think about falls and all the success that Brandon Shepard has had there in Hell Tour races and winning the Prairie Dirt Classic. It really does surprise me now um, that Brandon Shepard wasn't there. But go ahead, Ryan. Well, go ahead, Bert.
0: Shepard couldn't race there because he was racing the Lucas race. He couldn't. Oh, he- he couldn't race Fairberry, but he could have raced the yeah. rest of the
2: week. Yeah. Okay. Unless he headed down. I mean, but they canceled fairly early before Cherokee, right? So it's just hard to say where he was and the travel situation. I don't really know, but um, there were, some of them tracks are right in his stomping grounds, right? So I mean, but Fairberry, that one makes sense because Fairberry was on Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that one does make sense, but a few of the others did not. Um. I would have to say I would take an entertaining race over star power personally all the time. Now, to get me to go there, now that we've watched so much racing collectively as a group, right? A lot of times, not not that some of these tracks can't be good, but you kind of know that Fairbury is going to be good. You're going to be entertaining. So I think a lot of it has to do with what track it's at. Right. Because a lot of times you don't know knowing if it's going to be a good race or not a good race. But I mean, I would take two good cars at Fairbury over 20 good cars at, say, Cherokee that rubbers down almost every night there. So personally, I, I want to see something that's keeping me on the edge of my seat. You know, if now I like points battles, right? So if there's a points battle, if there's a story, a million. I honestly did not think Eldora was going to be worth a crap. I did. It's like a big half mile. I'm just not a huge half mile fan. I was was wrong (laughs) because it was amazing, but we're all captivated by the storyline of a million plus to win. Right. So the storyline has to go with it, but if you take everything else equal, give me all day long the the entertaining race. I I would much rather have that. Yeah. Well, I
1: thought that Peter Lake, features on thursday and friday were better
2: than than you know the lucas race oh absolutely yeah absolutely i would want to, and and then we're all with soda right or for the most part with solar right, right. So, you know so yeah you're exactly right and i think that we've seen a lot of good races where they maybe don't have star power so to speak as compared to jd and so on but they can provide good racing but what's your thoughts on that
0: no i agree with you i mean i I would take, uh, an exciting race over, um, I mean, in the moment, uh, now preparing to go to a race, you want, you want the star power, but in the moment, um, you know, I, I'll take the exciting race at, at falls. And I mean, I think what this shows is that, uh, you know, just because some of these drivers aren't that well-known nationally, there's some pretty damn good late model drivers racing in on the hell tour.
2: Absolutely. So let's get into the next segment, guys, a blast to the past block brought to you by impact health sharing. And again, if you pay for your own healthcare, if you don't have healthcare, if you're paying too much, if you think you're going to pay too much, get a hold of me, I'll shoot you a quick quote. If I can help you out, keep some money in your pocket, that would be great. Um, families coming in family costs with a 2,500 family deductibles right around $600 a month. So, I mean, you're looking at families paying for traditional health insurance. I've seen some as high as 1,500, 1,800. We're talking significant savings. Um, give me a call. See what I can do. Puka, 134. Do either of you have uh, a 134? Not a, I, I do don't have. either. How about a 34. Bert. Oh, Bert, I'm. I'm I, I think I know who you have, and You know who I have. Probably who I have too. But <laughs> Bert, do you have a number thirty-four?
0: I have one thirty-four. Uh, he raced late models in Northeast Wisconsin in the early to mid 1980s. Um, I remember him because that was the when they had the the long wedge noses but this one isn't even really a wedge nose it comes down and then it comes out and they, they had the big ass spoilers uh but I got this picture when I was like 11 years old and I still have it but uh, uh Mike Kelly was number 34 I really don't have any stories about him but like I said I I like this car just because of the weird ass nose and uh and the I big like ass that. spoiler no, that, that's that... <laughs>
2: So if you were 11 years old, that must be, what, like 50, 60 years ago?
0: Yeah, something like that.
2: <laughs> I didn't know they had colored pictures in the 50s. <laughs> Puka, who do you got?
1: Well, a guy that was raised around uh, up in the Northland and then at Cedar Lake, Rice Lake area for a long time, Dale Gangle. Uh, you know, was a, just synonymous up here. and And actually... And thinking about it a little bit today, kind of really made a quiet exit from the sport. All of a sudden, he was just kind of gone. You know, I, I I don't even know when that was. You know, he was just, you know, a longtime super stock driver. Many points titles down at Cedar. And then, you know, his younger years racing up here. I actually used to drive up here. Where were they? Circle Pines?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Come to
1: him every weekend. And then eventually, I don't know, got sick of driving or what. And then, you know, started going to Cedar weekly and maybe the, what, midnight? Yeah,
2: probably mid-90s. Probably somewhere in there. You know, and me and me and my old pit guy, Changa, you know, we used to, we talked about some of the drivers we raced against and and quite honestly, Dale Gangle, he's one of the guys, right? And I say, you know, Hey, that guy was good. And this guy was good. Dale Gangle was legit fast, right? He was one, if I had to put together the top five super stock drivers that I competed against in all my years of super stocks, he'd be on that he was a powerhouse i mean it didn't matter where he raced he was always in the conversation he was clean too he wasn't a guy that was going to rip the side off your car him and i had many good races at cedar lake and over at superior probably them too and then uh he probably won't like this but he he's the guy that i passed to win my first ever labor day shootout in 1996 at the hibbing raceway okay yeah. and uh but dale gangle i mean just unbelievable um behind the wheel of a race car he might still be i'm not positive on this but he might still be the all-time win leader in super stocks at the cedar lake speedway and if he's not he's sec he's right there but i believe he's still number one jesse radeski's probably coming right Ron nader is trying to get over the hump but dale gangle is for sure in that conversation and and uh, yeah, there's there's a Gangle kid running a Hornet. I think I don't know if that's a nephew or maybe a cousin's kid. I'm not really sure how that works, but there is still a Gangle racing at the Hibbing Raceway and at the Grand Rapids Speedway. But Dale Gangle, that's when I when you say 34, automatically what comes to mind, Dale Gangle. Um, I do have two more, not quite as much of a story on these two. Do you remember Keith Preston? No. He was a street stock guy from Proctor Superior. I think he's from Duluth, maybe. But he come up. I believe he was. Uh, I'd have to look back, and I feel like I should have had this on paper. But he might have won the first hobby stock feature at the Labor Day Shootout when they had him. I, oh, I, I, I think he won at least one. But I remember him. He he was one of the guys that uh, the only guy I can remember growing up, like watching him, and he would shift, and, and like he'd shift in the middle of the straightaway. So I mean, it was, it was crazy, but Keith Preston was a force and he ran against Scott Lawrence and some of those guys back then. And then another guy, you might remember this name, Gary Cornelius. I do remember the name, but I can't picture anything about him. Yeah, he, he passed away just a few years back and Lauren Inman and I put together a, a memorial race for him over at the Proctor Speedway. He was He was at North Shore Dental. He was the racing dentist. One of the nicest guys out there in the, in the sport. Just he ran supers for a long time, and uh, just that guy that literally everybody got along with. And you know, we're one of my honors that I had in racing was being able to help Lauren put together that memorial race for him in Proctor. And you know, he's uh he's he's married in with the Inmans, right? Um, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but Andrew Inman, of course, um, running really strong in the Midwest Mods would be kind of a through-marriage um, relative of Gary Cornelius, but uh, I've got another guy gone far too soon. So off of uh, off of that, and now we're going to jump on to a little who's hot and who's not brought to you by our friends over
1: here, at Blue Line Brewies. Like you said, Bert, it's going to be 100 degrees there tomorrow with 100 degrees here today, but you could do coffee like my daughters do it. Put ice in it and put a bunch of that sweet stuff in it. Mix it up and it's 500 calories, which will do you good at the beach. <laughs> Blue Line Brews, 10% of profits, as always, go back to the fallen uh, or injured officers in the line of duty. BlueLineBrews.com. Oh, it smells so good. BlueLineBrews.com. There's a spot for a promo code. Type in SAVE15, SAVE15%. They also have the you know the K-Cups, which are obviously super convenient. That seems to be the way that most people do coffee these days. So, BlueLineBrews.com, save 15, or look for this label in the Ashland area, the Twin Ports area, Bemidji area, Iron Range area. There are select stores that do have Blue Line Brews on the shelves now there. So thank you for everything you're doing, Blue Line Brews.
0: Awesome.
2: Awesome. Bert,
0: who's hot? Well, I got to go with Johnny Whitman, uh, wins the Clash at the Creek, and then he wins the feature at Channel Speedway. So uh, it was a, a good week for him. I would say uh, those, those
2: above <laughs> average, for sure.
0: Who do you got?
1: Who's hot? Well, obviously, Sheldon Shield, five of the last nine. That's impressive. I mean, that's, you know, you start thinking about some of the greats that could put together five wins in the last
0: nine races, you know, like his dad or, or Donnie or, or Kinzer or, go ahead. Well, I just want to say one thing. Uh, you mentioned his dad uh, during the after race interview between him and his dad. They now have 100 wins on the World of Outlaw Tour.
2: Yeah, i heard that yeah yeah combined i, I did. So, learn, I learned
1: something new put, put buggy bobby on the list and then brandon cop i mean it seems like every weekend his name's coming
2: up he does nothing but win how about you yeah, brandon cop and i'll touch on that three of his last four including getting over that hump right last year the big knock he couldn't win the big one he won the mod nationals uh, and in superior he also <clears throat> won the uh, advantage rv Tour race at proctor in his last eight races, all on the podium. So that 22 is a force right now. Modifies also Dale Ames. He won his last three, including a 1500 to win show in Aberdeen. And his last eight, all on the podium as well. And then in the Super Stocks, I'm going to go to Dexton Cook. He's won five of his last six, including three this weekend and eight of his last nine on the podium. So there's three guys to watch right now with Soda Racing action. Bert. Who's not?
0: Uh, Brandon Shepard. Uh, like we discussed earlier, uh, since he announced he was following Lucas, um, he just hasn't done a whole lot. You don't hear his name mentioned much either.
2: <clears throat> that's
1: that's yep. solid. That's sad, but that's solid. Luca? I'm going with Let's Go Brandon here myself. And Brandon Overton, now not that he's been terrible, but you know, think about a year ago. He comes off the sweep of the dream. He's like, on all four nights. The firecrackers come with Lucas this weekend. I think they might have rained out on the Thursday last year, but he swept right through the firecracker up in Pennsylvania last year. And You know, I've, he's won some regional stuff and a third place solid finish on Saturday night at Smoky. But he's just, you know, like I said, go back a year and he was just rattling them off. And he's very ice cold right now. Who you
2: got? Yeah, he's a tear down from the forty four and from the forty nine for sure. It's not even arguable. I got Nick Anvil. 10 shows, three podiums, zero wins. Now, night number one at Cedar Lake, victim of circumstance, not his fault. He got wrecked. His night was done early in the heat race Night number two, he ran solid. He's in the top five with that field of cars. Hell of a run. Night number three in the show, and quite honestly, the track sum. You know, so that was part was part. Of it. I mean, part of it was that. But Nick Anmolik, the guy last year who was on top of the power rankings, a good portion of the year winning a pile of races, no wins. And we're almost to the end of June and he has not found victory lane yet. So I'm going with the 15. So let's jump into our lock of the week, our sure bet of the week. And of course my sure bet is always real estate by Jay Schmidt out in Watertown, South Dakota, over 20 years in business, racing family, three generations strong dad, his kid parked in victory lane here this last weekend Trajan Schmidt um, running a, a limited late model, Veisman late model at some tracks out there, but you know whether you need residential, if you need commercial land, whatever, any real estate transactions in the South Dakota region out there, get a hold of real estate by Jay Schmidt. Bert, you're on a hot streak right now, right? You, you're <laughs> on a hot. Okay, yeah, yeah, you picked Jimmy Mars to win 10K, which is never a bad pick at Cedar Lake. You got it done. What is your lock of the week this week?
0: My lock of the week is that the winner of the Dirt Kings race at Gravity Park will start on the front row. Ooh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I think I think every late model race that has been held at that track, the winner has come from the front row.
2: Bert, getting kind of <laughs> salty over there. So,
0: so blue so, line brews we're drinking Burt's Tatorade is what we're drinking. <laughs> so if a driver wins the race and they don't start on the front row, I will give them $20. Whoa. <laughs> all right. All right. All right so, so Bert said he'll give them $2,000. In, in the Dirt Kings race, not any of the other features, the Dirt Kings feature. Did, you, say 2, 000, did you hear $2,000? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so Bert's got a little extra money there. All right, uh, we'll see if this will be interesting. We're gonna make <laughs> sure that person finds out. Because and, I and if I money.
0: have to give up the $20, I will get a picture of me handing the money to the driver and we'll post it on the One to Go show Facebook page. That's right there, That's there you talking. go. I like it. <laughs> Puka, your lock of the week. You no, know,
1: I'm going, I'm gonna go a little bold here. I'm going with Jeff Provinzino Thursday night at the um, Donlinger Ford grand rapids motor speedway we're gonna i'm gonna i'm going a little bold Send the, the italian
2: up. stallion he's fresh yeah. off a win at
1: him right so. Yeah, so i'm going you said, track's be a little bit different I'm, I'm going to the
2: Bravo thursday night all right all right um i'm gonna go bold uh, taking a risk here nick hoffman's gonna win some ump <laughs> mod features okay i won't pick that i won't pick that um Troy is going to win the Mountain States Mod. No, I'm not going to pick that because that's a given. That's a given. Nick Anvilink is getting the monkey off his back. He's winning the 13th race in Shano. You heard it here first. It's happening. The 15 will find victory lane. You can't keep somebody that good down that long and flat out over the last several years he owns that place. Nick Anvilink at Shano Saturday night. So Let's jump into the last lap. Puka, brought to you by. Yeah, Zuli's race engine. So we've talked
1: a lot about them. Uh, drivers obviously are continuing to crush it this year. How did you got any
2: results this week? Any Jack. wins? Jeff Nowak won the last uh, the last dance over at SK. Camden Myers and the B-Mods at I-90. A red hot Willie Ferguson just keeps on parking victory lane at Black Hills. A lot of money on the line coming up kyle dykoff at i-94 jake knapper i believe his sixth of the year in the super stocks justin vogel who gets second every night but he finally found Mickey lane again and casey you you sat us with a pair of wins back-to-back one this week one last week so if you can't beat them join them get a hold of Zuli race engines so awesome. what do you so let's talk about this right um xr right? They, they made an announcement. There's two announcements, really, that happened. One happened earlier, and then the other one come out right after it. You talked briefly a little bit about the Texas Dirt Nationals. You said it was just trained up, or Devin Moran tried to pass, went backwards. They canceled that show. That's not happening this year. Um, did you see the press release on that? I know Brad yeah. sent that to us as well. Yeah, I so- to some- soil sampling that i've never heard that one before i have not i mean i i soil sampled that i watched the race last year the place sucked i mean i don't know what, I mean, <laughs> there, there's your sample um it sounds like they're gonna try to get some better clay on that place to provide some better racing they want to make use of it guys that facility i've been i've not i have raced there my daughter tried to get us all in trouble um <laughs> we we're we we're there for a mod race unbelievable facility i mean it's state-of-the-art. I mean, paved pits, there's a tunnel going underneath to, to get off the track, the lighting, the grandstands. I mean, and it's a shame that they just don't have a good surface on that place, but a positive news is they're going to try to make that happen. Looks like they want to have some good racing here in 2023. So another announcement in regards to the XR Super Series. Puka, why don't you go ahead and take this one? Yeah,
1: so we all knew that Superior was... They're having a race the Monday after Cedar Lake. I think it's August eighth or something like that. So now they, uh, Como Joel, was did a Facebook Live today, and they're going to do two shows in this XR series. Now this is the second. You know, Como Joe got into it a little bit, but we know a few weeks ago they restructured the purse. Drivers came said we want it this way, lower the top end, spread it out, right. So they listened, and then the drivers also said, "Hey, if we're going to be up there, fuel, tires, everything. Can we race?" Two nights, so it's down. It was supposed to be a twenty-five thousand dollar to win show, when it was a single show. They they've redone the purse stuff. So it's gonna be two shows, twenty grand to win. Monday, Tuesday, Aganic Law, immediately following uh, Cedar Lake, and and that makes it interesting because then you've got uh, what you got a Thursday night show in Cedar that pays, you got a Saturday night show that pays, and now you got a Monday Tuesday show, so maybe. As a whole, it'll it'll track some drivers, but um, like I said, kind of kudos to XR because remember, remember that letter we were passing around by text? with I don't know if it was UMP mods or something, and it was just like a lecture, like you this that is like and like this XR. All you hear is well, they're they're working with the driver, they're listening, and they're making changes.
2: Like, it's not, I'm not used to hearing that. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. So I'll start with this, and then we'll get it, remind me to get back to the UMP deal in that letter, right? Because that that guy's office chain that's Sam Trigger. okay, but. Um, it's good to see. I mean, Superior's, and you remember, Superior's not a club-run track. They got a promoter group there, right? They got a handful of people in a promoter group. Guys, this is a lot of money. This is a lot of money they're putting out there. It's a it's a hundred thousand dollar <laughs> purse each night. Now, keep in mind when the World of Outlaws came there, right? That was like a sixty thousand dollar purse, roughly, somewhere in that neighborhood. A little bit less than that, actually. And and it was a crapshoot if they were going to break even financially or come out a little bit ahead. Now they doubled it, right? They got a $100,000 purse each night. I really, really hope that people come out and support this deal. I mean, I don't want to be a naysayer or negative or whatever, but, I mean, we look back at this week's show, right? The XR Super Series was at Belleville. And they wanted to piggyback, kind of piggyback, I guess, a little in a roundabout way off of Eldora. And they only had seven real, I mean, top-tier late-model guys. They had, I mean, really no cars. I mean, very low car count. Um, seven, I guess, I think they were under 24 the first night. They were right at that the second night. And a lot of those guys ran both late-model races. So they were kind of doing double-duty deal. You got to remember, we're in an area right, where there's not a lot of open late ones, you know, so they rely on, it has to be travelers coming in, and and hopefully the weather cooperates, and hopefully that people don't destroy their stuff in Cedar, because in theory, you know, you got a couple good paying shows there that people can just roll right up from Cedar Lake, take a travel day and race, hopefully it's good, I will say this, I mean, it's pretty much certain that you're going to see J.D. Madden and further, right? You know, probably well, Ricky Weiss didn't go to Belleville. You know, and he he had been running good in that point. So it's hard to say who's gonna be there. Over and under. I mean, we can we can talk about that as it gets closer, but do you think that they'll get think they'll get 20 open cars?
1: Oh boy, that might be tough because you have to remember also Tuesday night, they gotta hightail it. They race Thursday in Florence. And that's a hundred thousand. Did they raise that to a hundred thousand this year for the North South? 70, Is that the, seventy-five? Seventy-five. So that's a three-day Thursday, Friday. So, um, but you get the Iowa cars. You know, I'll go with the twenty because if you got the Iowa cars, but it's Monday, Tuesday, boy. That makes it. Yeah, we're gonna have to come back to that one because, like you said, it's not a Dolly Parton purse, you know. So if a guy can come in and say, I mean, I, I have no idea what fifth pays, but if fifth pays seven grand you know they might
2: it might be worth it to them well Bert, what do you think i mean do you think they're going to struggle to get cars there or do you think that they'll do okay um
0: i th- think 20 might be pushing it a little bit and i mean i know that i mean you touched on this a little bit and i know we're we're discussing car count right now but my my first question was can the area support the USA nationals plus two shows up in superior fan wise. I mean, with, I mean, do fans have enough money to go to those three shows? I mean, how far is superior from Cedar Lake
2: two and a half hours. Uh, a half? Okay. Yeah. And you got to remember that's the twin ports, right? And the one thing, the borders are open. The one thing superior okay. has yeah. for right now is they get a huge following from Thunder Bay. Right, So I would not be surprised if they have a big, big contingent going to the USA okay. Nationals from Thunder Bay that are like, hey, we're just staying a little at Superior. Um, hopefully they do good. And and quite honestly, the track's been good at Superior. I mean, it was a little sketchy one night where it was a little marbly and dusty, but it doesn't seem to latch up. It doesn't seem to rubber down. Um, it's not a track typically where it's high horsepower is going to win the race. Remember at the World of Ultron race last year, Crocknow and Eater ran well. They were battling up front. We'll talk more about this as it comes, but this is a possibility here where maybe a local guy with a Wasota motor could, I don't know if he's going to win, but compete at a for money. No. <laughs> if, I'm, I'm, I keep bringing up Terry Volts' name here, right? And my buddy Terry. Not so much always, but that's okay. He, he's done a lot, he's been around racing for a long time. somebody texted me this and they said, this is why Terry Volts always had the theory of if I'm having a big paying show, that money is going to a class where my drivers can race at it, right? He has the rumble. You don't really see a world of outlaw XR Lucas, anything like that at Brown County. You don't see that, right? And the reason, at least not when he ran the track, they they tried a couple things when he didn't run it. But his theory was, if I'm going to put that kind of money there, I want my drivers that race here weekly to have an opportunity to race for that that money. And so part of that is that. But the other part is, you know, you're going to get cars, right? (laughs) You know, you're going to get cars. So um, I tell you what, huge hats off, huge risk. I really hope that things go well at the Dondek Lost Speedway. I mean, it's a track that I raced many, many laps around that place, and they're taking a big, big risk. So, fans, there's some of these drivers have never been to the Gondek lost speedway before, get it on your calendar and get there support this show. If you ever want something like this to come back, you, you got to get there. You got to support it or it's not going to happen. Um, One quick question, world of all, not sprint car guys. I know you're not sprint car guys. I get it, right. Okay. But Ryan Tims 15 year old Ryan Timms, has been on an absolute ass kicking spree. He, he swept the weekend got a $10,000 bonus on top of it in 410 sprint car action. And remember, it was just a couple weeks back at Houston's where he had that amazing pass and on the last lap for the win. He won there again, right? And some of these guys that, that race there are competing. He can't race the four-day swing at Houston's. World of all laws will not let him race because he's only 15. You got to be 16. Is that bullshit or bullshit? What do you think? gotta talk to the insurance company <laughs> the way i look at it if he races there every week or most weeks already and he's winning he's not a weapon he's he's actually talented what the hell world of outlaws, wake the hell up right i mean i'm not saying just let anybody in but you look at the kid's track record if he's qualified and you feel like he's competent enough to get on the racetrack let him race and it's a trap i mean he's got to wait one more year it is what it is but right now he could have been that sleeper right i mean you bring in the world of outlaws that could have been a hell of a story over at Houston's local 15 year old kind of giving the business to the world of outlaw guys we're gonna have to wait one more year for that to happen so this week in the picks uh boy jeff had a big jump holy shit like, Puka, you had a pretty big lead, and Jeff kind of, he said, okay, that's enough of that. You and him are now tied at 78, and I'm down here at 71A, and Bert is at 70, and Mike's at 35, Brad's at 25. And this week, again, guys, 10 picks this week, um, 10 events that we're going to pick at. There's a lot of races going on, four World of Outlaw Sprint Car races, including – a hundred thousand to win Saturday night at Usets, all four at Usits. Lucas Oil Dirt Late models Thursday through Saturday. The there it's three complete shows. Is it is it literally 10 10 50? Is that what it is? I'm not hundred percent positive on the pay at uh I'm assuming they when they're not doing the qualifying features, they're they're paying
1: every night. Well, I can tell you right here.
2: Yeah, they are paying every night, and I'm not sure how much. That sounds about right. But it's going to go 10 10. Yeah, you can look that up. And then we're going to pick the World of Old Law uh, Lates Friday and Saturday at I 55, of course, co sanctioned with the Hell Tour. Um, that's 10 and 20. Um, I know Lernerville's 50 grand on Saturday for sure. And then Sunday, they're running at Jacksonville. So a lot of action. You know, we got challenge series coming up this weekend, right? We got so the NLRA late models has a four night swing. They're at Ada. Um, they're at I-94, the Golden Hammer at Devil's Lake. And then Sunday, they got a, a special at Grand Forks. So you got four NLRA races. The, the structural buildings with Soda Late Model Challenge Series, they're back in action. Ogilvy and Granite City this weekend. Mountain <coughs> States Mod Tour, Rebel Midwest Mod Tour, Ada. Um, I'm looking at it here. You've got Ada, Grand Forks, Greenbush, and Buffalo River. They got Revel Midwest Mod and Stefan Speedstock Tour. Um, just kind of looking, of course, Bert mentioned the Dirt Kings at Gravity Park at Shano, Big Sky, um, and Sheridan at Mountain States Mod tour, 1250 to win, and Streeters at the Black Hills. Gondic lost speedway, guys, thousand to win for mod superior this week. So modifies get out in full force, thousand to win. And uh, Fiesta City Speedway, a thousand to win in the Midwest mods. Lots of racing going on. What what's you guys have any plans on going to events? And what are you most looking forward to this week?
0: Well, I'm looking forward most to uh, the Dirt Kings races just because it's uh, local. Um, I I plan on going to Shawano Speedway on Saturday night, and I'm toying with the idea of going to Gravity Park. I've never been to that track before, so uh, I'm. I'm thinking of going uh, to that race. And one thing I got to mention about the Dirt Kings race, uh, I mentioned Jared Seifert earlier in the show. Uh, you know, he was he led much of the Clash at the Creek in the Mod. Uh, he posted on Facebook that he will be racing the Dirt Kings this weekend in his new late model.
2: Nice, <laughs> nice. So. Hey, speaking Whoa. of late models, did you happen to see Puka that Skeeteresti had a late model out? I believe he was a Proker. I believe he was in well, Superior didn't have them. So Skeeter. Yeah, he wasn't hipping two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, he wasn't hipping two weeks ago. he He, was. Okay. okay. But if he had the duct tape on there, that was it. You know, so my brother and dad were like, you know, one of the Estes and yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. So there's another car in the field. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. So I didn't, I guess, I didn't even look close enough at my calendar to realize the OSHO show had the challenge series. I mean, I'll be at Hipping on Saturday, possibility of Grand Rapids on Thursday. So, but I, yeah, I do plan on getting back in the swing of thing with racing this weekend. How about you? You're
2: on the road. I'm on the road. I'm taking my maiden voyage in a Helmerein's truck here leaving <laughs> Wednesday morning. So I don't know if I'll make it back to any races or not. But I will be uh, watching a lot online. And I would say, I mean, there's so much here to to watch. I mean, the NLRA races, Challenge Series, just weekly racing in general. There's a lot. If I had to pick one that I'm looking forward to, uh, show me the money, right? 100000 to win at QSITS. Now, I will say this. We're going to find out how good a track prep crew is, right? Because it's supposed to be in the 90s. And four straight nights of racing at Hussets. That if, if that place doesn't lock down, they need to give the track prep guy a raise. Okay, <laughs> because that that's a tall task, right? This type of weather, four straight nights of racing, man. If they, I'm I'm curious to see if they can keep the track together. But number two, a hundred grand to win that that's got my attention. Oh, for sure, yeah,
1: and that helps get this place kind of back on the map with caring and the ownership, and you know they all. What was that guy, the pawn shop owner? You know, I mean, he had all kind of grand illusions, but you know, this is kind of, Housetts is back, you know, kind of statement, and uh, you know, I, you know, best wishes for a good weekend out there. Like I said, I hope the weather holds up, and and the car count's great, the fan count's always great there. You don't need to worry.
2: Yeah and, and I picked I picked the whole I picked the local guy or not I shouldn't say local guy but the track sponsored guy in our pickums I got David Gravel I picked him all four nights so we'll see what the deuce can do pressure hopefully, hopefully you can get some favorable calls or whatever some good luck <laughs> on the side I need to but catch other guy sneaky
1: right there third and points hasn't won in a month it feels like you know and, yeah. and uh, but that world of outlaw sprint car point battle is the one to keep an eye on this year folks yeah. that one it is so tight and it's going to be so interesting you got you got you know
2: you've got past champ i mean it's all there yeah i'm looking forward to it i mean we're only in right We got there's a lot of racing left to happen so with that said i'll just get out the track this week get to a track support a racetrack if you can't get there watch online Puka, closing thoughts man
1: Well, that's it for me I'm, I'm ready to send us off bert you got anything more no i'm ready for your send off <laughs> all right, we'll get, it, we'll, get us, we'll get us on here. Then. Please subscribe right now. Hit the subscribe button. Please share. We'd appreciate that. Uh, you know, thanks to all of our great, our great sponsors: Dirt Tracks Fly, Brad Parsons, Soil and Ag Solutions, Jay Schmidt Real Estate, Zulie's Race Engines, Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Mason Aaron Videos, The One to Go Show at Gmail.com. If you'd like to get us a, a comment that's more private, of course, you can always uh, send us a message or just comment on any of our social media threads. Hit us up, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. And as always, and most importantly, get out there and be your dream, your tune to The One to Go Show.
2: All right. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.